welcome back to Becoming Better Podcast. This is your host, Hope Moquin, and as always, I am so glad that you're here and you decided to tune in. This week is more of a teaching episode, and so if you have a pen and paper and you want to take notes, this would be a great time to go ahead and get that. However, if you're driving, because I listen to podcasts when I'm driving, don't even think about trying to take notes while you're driving. You need to wait and listen to this at another time. But two main factors that we're going to hit on in this episode that I feel so strongly about is what to do when you feel like you want to give up and what do you do when what you're passionate about um, doesn't really make you passionate anymore. I personally believe that all of this ties back into the condition of your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. And is that healthy and how to maintain it if it's healthy? And if it's not healthy, how do I get it healthy? The first step to ever maintaining a healthy soul is to first recognize that you are your own person and you get to own that. We are not here to play tourist in other people's skin but rather we're here to wear our own the very best that we can. What establishing health for you, it may not look like the same for the person next to you because we are all different and we all need different things. And what's healthy for other people might not be healthy for you because we are our own people and we first have to recognize that if you ever wanna be healthy and if you ever wanna maintain a healthy soul. Of course, we rely on God and we lean into God to get him to help us and to ask for help. But here's the thing about God. God will absolutely help you be all that you can be, but he will never help you be somebody else. He will never help you be somebody that you're not. And that's why it requires honesty when we go to God and to be real and say, God, I need help. And this is where I'm at because God's not gonna help the person that you pretend to be. I saw a quote of that somewhere. I don't know who came up with it, but God's not going to help who you pretend to be. Something that is a key factor in establishing and maintaining health is boundaries. And we are going to do a whole, maybe a three-part series on boundaries one of these weeks because it is that important. But for the purpose of today's episode, we're just going to go over this pretty quickly and just get the overview of boundaries and what they are and why they're important. What is a boundary? Essentially, a boundary is a line that marks off the limits of an area, also known as a dividing line. And I think what a lot of people forget with boundaries is that after a certain point in time, because things are going well, people will tend to remove that boundary or forget about it. But a boundary was set in place because there was a need for one. And very rarely is it a good idea to remove that boundary just because you think that things are doing fine or that you're doing fine? People don't fall back into their old ways because they're bad people. A lot of times people fall back into their old ways because they knock down a door that the Lord specifically tried to shut in their lives. Whether that be with alcohol, whether that be with physical intimacy, whether that be with letting somebody back into their lives that you know doesn't bring out the best in you, whether that be with watching something that you know you shouldn't be watching or scrolling on an account that you know you shouldn't be scrolling on. When you don't have proper boundaries in place, you're not going to be protected from the things that can significantly pull you back and from the things that will significantly harm you. Boundaries are not a negative thing, but they are an essential thing to your overall health and to your overall growth. People who set boundaries are people who care. People who don't respect boundaries are people who do not care. I don't know where that just came from. That was a freebie, so there you go. People who set boundaries are people who care. People who do not respect boundaries are people who do not care. 
Because when you care about where you're going in your life, you care about the habits that could very well keep you from getting there. When you know the vision of your life and the vision of where you wanna go, it makes it a whole lot easier to make the right decisions to get there. When we care more about what God is doing in our lives, more than what our flesh may want to be doing, it makes sense when we say no to settling. When we care about who God is shaping us to be, it's a lot easier to shut down anything that might be trying to hinder that. When we care about what God is doing, we then begin to care about what we are doing and what we could be doing to hinder that in our life. I say it all the time, when you know what you value, you will always know what decisions to make. And something that goes really well hand in hand with that is boundaries and placing boundaries on people, on places, on habits, on things, in every aspect of your life. You wanna keep a healthy soul? It's gonna need some boundaries. And I know I just asked this at the beginning, but what do you do when what you're passionate about doesn't really make you passionate anymore. I'm sure a lot of people have different responses for this, but for me and what I noticed that helped me in my life, whenever I would be in a dry season, whenever I would just feel numb and I wouldn't feel like doing what I knew I was supposed to be doing or when I didn't want to do what used to bring me life, when I just felt so empty and confused because I didn't have a passion for anything anymore. What helped me was spending time with people that reminded me of why I do what I do. I'll give you an example. In my previous ministry job, I was the associate director of a ministry college and I worked my butt off. My pay periods, we got paid every two weeks and I would always look at my timesheet and how many hours I would work. And like every two weeks, it would be above 80 hours. Like I I spent my life there. That is all I did. And it got to a point, I remember one year, I was I just felt so dry. I was so overworked. I was so empty. And I got to a scary point where I was like, I know that this is what I'm passionate about, but I just don't feel anything anymore. And it scared me because I had never felt like that before. And it was like my whole world was crashing down because I was like, I feel like this is what I'm called to do. This is where God has me. And I just feel absolutely nothing. And without trying, I ended up finding the solution to my problem that I was having. I was living near Atlanta at this time, and one evening, a few friends and I went down to Atlanta to ride scooters because that was a thing that we would do. We would ride scooters all around the city, and it was super fun. But if you've ever been to Atlanta, you know that there is such a huge homeless population. It breaks my heart. They're just they're everywhere. And we were riding our scooters down by one of the parks that has a ton of homeless people. And while we were riding by, I felt the Lord nudge on my heart to stop and go minister to them and go talk to them. And I was with a group of like five people. And when I kind of shouted at all of them that we needed to stop, they all were like, um, what are you doing? Because it was getting closer to the evening and you know, it's not the most safe thing to go into those parks in Atlanta, especially as women, but we had a few guys with us. And so I told them all that I really felt the Lord asking us to stop and go minister to his people because 
God loves all of us the same. We're all his people. So that's what we did. We got off of our scooters and we started walking through the park with all of the homeless. This wasn't something that was new to me. Um, Maybe this is for later episodes to get a little bit more insight into my life. But I was living in Atlanta for a few years now and on major holidays for Thanksgiving and Christmas, my family life was always really broken. And so I spent holidays by myself and I would go down to Atlanta and I would just jump in with a homeless organization. And that's what I would do. And so I was used to um, spending time in those areas. It didn't really bug me. But some of my friends, they were not used to that. And they thought I was a little bit crazy, but it's okay because I felt like that's what God wanted us to do. And so that's what we were doing. And so we start walking through this park and we end up meeting this homeless man named Clark. You could just tell from the moment we started talking with him, he was just so grateful and I think he was just thankful to have someone to talk to, to speak life into him. And after we spent a little bit of time with him, we ended up taking him to a convenience store and just bought him necessities that he needed and food. We were able to pray with him. It was just an incredible time. And I really felt like that was the person that God intended for us to stop and talk to. And I remember driving home that night and I was just in tears. And it was like my heart was reminded of this is why I do what I do. You know, I've always had a heart for the outcasts, for the brokenhearted, for the people that other people might look over because, you know, that was me for a big portion of my life. There was something about just stopping, getting over myself and getting down on someone else's level just to be with them and just to remind them that they're loved and that they have a purpose and that God sees them too. And In that season of my life where it was like nothing is making me passionate anymore, I feel numb, I feel empty, there was something that sparked in my heart when I got over myself and when I went and I spent time with people that reminded me of why I do what I do. Like I do what I do for the sake of other people knowing what redemption is. I do what I do for the sake of other people knowing that I'm human too. For other people to know that there is a God who is real. There is a God who is alive. There is a God who gives us purpose, who gives us new life, who specializes in broken people. I do what I do so that people can see Jesus in me because he changed my life. And I never in a million years thought that I would be where I'm at in my life because it is only by the grace of God. That's why I do what I do so that other people can know that they can experience it too. And I'm telling you, if you find yourself in a place where you're not passionate anymore or you feel numb and you feel empty, go and spend time around people who remind you of why you do what you do and watch your heart begin to shift. Watch your posture begin to shift. Watch your excitement and your passion begin to come back when you get back to the beginning of why you started to begin with. It changes something in you. And I think a big part of maintaining a healthy soul is doing things that make you humble yourself and that make you forget about yourself. We were not put on this earth for ourselves. We were put on this earth to know God and to help others know God. And I think putting ourselves in positions where it makes us be reminded of that is something really special and something that can be really beautiful. Next point of maintaining a healthy soul is you got to lay compromise down at the altar every morning. And I remember one time I was at, um, 
a part-time job interview and because I, I wrote a book and it was called The Second Table and the subtitle is How to Lay Compromise Down Every Morning or something like that. That's awful that I don't remember the subtitle of my own book. But the employer who was interviewing me, I remember her asking, like, what does that even mean? Like, what do you mean to lay compromise down every morning? And I mean that you're worth more than to compromise anything in your life. You're worth more than to compromise your values. There is something about knowing what you believe so much that you refuse to believe anything else, where you refuse to compromise anything to waver what it is that you believe in. My favorite story in the Bible which is a big thing to say, but I really do think it's my favorite. I preach on it all the time. It's when Jesus was giving the teaching of what it means to be a follower of Christ, what it means to lay down your life, to pick up your cross and to follow Christ. He was giving that teaching. And right after it, it says that multitudes of people began to walk away because the teaching was too hard to hear, that it didn't make sense, that how could this son of God come and tell me that I have to lay down my life? How could this son of God come and tell me that he's the bread of life and without him that I can never get to heaven? Like Jesus was just giving the principles of what it means to be a true devoted follower of Christ. And it says that people just walked away. And then it said that Jesus turned and he locked eyes with Peter and he looked at him and he said, do you want to walk away too? Do you want to walk away too? And in that moment, Peter had a decision to compromise on everything that he knew was true because he had been walking with Jesus. He knew what was true. He had an opportunity. He had the choice to leave and to walk away with everyone else too. But Jesus, being a gentleman, being so loving, being so kind, this shows that he forces nobody to follow what he asks and nobody to follow what is actually required to be a true devoted follower of Christ. He said, Peter, do you want to walk away too? But because Peter didn't compromise in his faith, because Peter didn't compromise in his obedience, because Peter didn't compromise in his intuition, his response was, where else am I going to go? You are the God of eternal life. You are the God who I love. You are the God who saved me. You are the God who I know is true. Where else would I go? Peter was so rooted and what he knew to be true, that when vital decisions came up, he didn't even have to hesitate to think what his answer was going to be because he knew what he valued. He knew what he believed. He knew what was true to him. So therefore, compromise was not an option. Compromise was not a way that he was going to go. And that's why I say lay compromise down every morning. When you wake up, so you say to yourself, I'm not going to compromise today. I'm not going to settle today. This is what I know to be true, and this is what I'm standing on. Regardless of who's walking away, regardless of what it might look like in this moment, what I know to be true is that God is faithful, is that God is good, fill in the blank. This is what I'm standing on, and I will not compromise in any of that. If we want to keep our souls healthy— we need to discipline our souls, our mind, our will, and our emotions to say no to compromising. Is your soul healthy? Yes or no? How's your vocabulary? What kind of things do you tell yourself every day? What kind of things do you say about yourself every day? What you speak is what you're going to get. 
There is power in what you speak and what comes out of your mouth. Why do you think the scripture in the Bible, it says, set your mind on things above, things that are of God, things that are of wisdom, things that, whatever the verse says, it says, set your mind on things above. What you think on, what you speak, that's going to be what you believe eventually. And so if you're telling yourself every day, oh, I'm stupid. Oh, I'm always going to be like this. I'm a failure. I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm never going to look like that. I'm never going to be gifted like that. I'm always going to suck at this. I just can't do that. Um, That is going to be what you believe. You need to switch your vocabulary and be kind to yourself. You need to speak the things that you want to see in your life. Even if you don't believe them right now, start speaking them. Tell yourself that because whatever you're hearing is eventually going to be what you start believing. And whatever you're believing is going to affect on what you do with your life. And if you're going to get to the place where you want to go, your thoughts and your mind is such a powerful thing. You need to switch your vocabulary and you need to say, I am successful. I am a winner. I am learning. I am teachable. I am beautiful. I am proud of myself. I am going to do big things. I am going to win. I am going to succeed. I love myself. I love who God made me to be. I love that I get to live another day. I love that I can still learn. You need to switch some things in your vocabulary if you want to maintain a healthy soul, if you even want to be healthy. Last but not least, if you want to maintain a healthy soul, something that I incorporated into my life. When I first started social media, this is what I was known for. It was for celebrating people. That was my brand. I started a clothing brand called Celebrate People and that fell to the ground because I just didn't have the team to help me maintain it. But I call it the art of celebration. Celebrate people, celebrate honesty, and celebrate grace. And what do I mean by that? Stop making your entire life about you. Celebrate people. Even if you haven't experienced something yet, celebrate other people who have until it's your turn to experience whatever it is. Celebrate people and cheer them on. Encourage people, uplift people, pray for people. Let people know that you support them that you're cheering them on. Let people know that you are their number one fan. Cheer people on so much they almost get annoyed with you because of how much you're cheering them on. We all need a clapping hand sometimes. We all need someone to just be there for us. And so why don't you start by being that person for other people? Number two, celebrate honesty. My whole episode last week was on honesty. And if you didn't get to listen to it, please go back and listen to it. There is such power in honesty. Honesty is what connects us together. There is no shame. There is no condemnation. Honesty is a beautiful thing that just connects humans to other humans because we all go through the same crap. We all go through the same feelings. And when we can know that someone else is there too, it helps us do more together because we know that we're not alone. And then thirdly, celebrate grace. Do not be so quick to cut someone out of your life. And I'm not talking about if it's something super tragic and traumatic, like, yes, obviously those boundaries are necessary. Some cutoffs are necessary, but be careful on how quick you cut someone out of your life. You need grace. You needed grace at some point in your life. And so how could you not extend something to somebody else when you once needed that too? I'm not saying you have to be best friends with somebody who does you wrong or whatever the case is, but Extend grace. Let people know that they're forgiven, that you don't hold things against them or hold things over them. That is not Christ-like. Regardless of what it is, 
God calls us to forgive 70 times seven. He requires us to forgive. And you know what? Forgiveness isn't even for the other person. Forgiveness is for you in your heart. So you want to maintain a healthy soul. You need to learn how to forgive. You need to learn how to get over some things, okay? Someone who's going to do big things cannot let small things get to them. And if you're out here holding grudges, you're out here bashing people's names, you're still hurt and you need to get over it. You need to ask God to help you to forgive. Forgiveness isn't even for the other person. Forgiveness is for your heart to set you free so that you can move forward without holding grudges. And like I just said, at some point, you needed somebody to forgive you. And so how can you not extend to somebody else what you once needed? I know life is hard sometimes. I know that it's exhausting. I know that things happen that don't make sense. And I know things happen that are confusing and that hurt and that you just don't expect. And it's like, why is this happening to me? And am I ever going to catch a break? I know that life is just really crappy sometimes, okay? But what I want to say to the person who maybe feels so empty that that they're wanting to give up in their role, maybe this is specifically for the people who are in ministry. If you're one of those people and you're feeling tired and you're feeling weary and you're really wanting to just throw in the towel, go find a different career or you want to give up, whatever the case is, let me tell you what changed my outlook and my perspective on things and that helped me to keep going. The only reason I was able to find my purpose and find myself in a position where I was able to learn, to grow, to heal, and to become all that God had for me was because somebody else chose to not give up when it was hard for them. Because I think back on my life, the only reason I was given a chance was because somebody saw something in me and chose to believe in me. And because of that, I slowly began to believe in myself and to believe in these things that they saw in me that I never knew, that I never saw. And I was thinking one day and I was like, wow, that person for me was my pastor's wife. She stuck with me through thick and thin. She called out things in me that I never could see in myself. She loved me. She believed in me. She, I could call her for anything. And if it wasn't for her, I'm telling you right now, I would not be who I am. I would have never gotten to where I am today. Truthfully, I don't know if I would have continued on my walk with Christ if it wasn't for her and helping me and guiding me. And I'm saying that because at some point in her life, I know it was hard. I know there could have been thoughts of wanting to give up, of wanting to throw in the towel, of wanting to go into another career, of wanting to just get out of whatever she was doing because it was hard. If she would have given up, if she would have thrown in the towel, I wouldn't have been able to have the chance to meet her. And I don't think I would have been given the chance to find purpose, to find new life, to find out who I was and to become all who that I was supposed to be. It was because somebody else chose to not give up that I was able to discover who I was. And so if you're wanting to give up, if you're wanting to throw in the towel, I want you to think in your life and remember the person who loved on you. Remember that person who believed in you. Remember that person who spoke life to you. Remember that person who made you see things in yourself that you could never see before. And think to yourself, what would have happened if they gave up? 
and I could never have met them. Where would you be? Who would you be? There are people who are waiting to meet you. There are people that God's going to give you words for. There are people that God's going to bring on your path that you get to have an impact on, that you get to love, that you get to believe in. Do not give up. It does get better. I'm not going to say it gets easier, but it gets better. And you're going to see the purpose in it. Be so thankful that somebody didn't give up on you that it therefore motivates you and encourages you not to give up now because there are people who are waiting to meet you. I truly hope that this was something that was beneficial to you in your life. I hope that you got some things out of it. I really do believe maintaining a healthy soul, it starts with us and it starts with us caring enough to put the right things in our life to keep us on the right path and to keep us going. As always, I appreciate every single one of you. And if you have any questions or anything that you want specifically talked about on the podcast, please don't hesitate to reach out to podcast at hopemoquin.com. And I would love to chat with you. And just a reminder that on May 14th for Mother's Day, we are going to have a special episode release for all things Mother's Day. And so I hope you guys have the best week ever. And I will see you back here next week. All right. Bye. Bye.